Hello and welcome back to my podcast. My name is Harvey. I am your host and co-hosting today, Alex. Awesome. Alex, tell, tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, the two flatmates, how we came to be, how we came to be a blind man and a person with autism just stuck in the same place. Aren't you so lucky? Oh, lovely. We've got, we've got lovely. One, that, one that can't see what's going on around him and one that can't talk about it properly. So, <laughs> yeah, it's going it's going really well. So, um, well, me and Harvey met about, oh, it would have been three, almost four Maybe years four ago years now. Ago, no, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I moved into, uh, I moved into these flats, uh, actually, um, it was near enough to the day three years ago uh, upstairs and then I moved away I got another job uh, in a different town and then the coronavirus hit and went no you can't have that job and you can't have that house so <laughs> Harvey kind of went it's alright you can have my spare room like, alright cool fair enough so here we are um, in the same location able to do some real talk about real issues real talk yeah <laughs> and let's face it Brighton is the place to be when you're talking about oh, issues like so this oh so suburban so so open as well very, very multicultural place mm-hmm. um, which you know comes with its negatives because it's not always possible to be multiculturally accepting across the board or some people don't find it possible mm-hmm. but I think Brighton is the example I think Brighton is the example moving forward of uh, everyone doing their bit for the environment, everyone having a certain amount of respect for... Mm, some people do, some people don't. But I won't, <laughs> let, the, I won't let the sins of a few uh, ruin, my, ruin my vision of what I think Brighton really stands for. I mean, if you want to look at the sins, you've just got to go into Kemp Town. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> where that's, you need to go for Now we're talking about Christian sin, you know. <laughs> that's you know, religion and politics, the two things you shouldn't talk about if you want to keep your friends. <laughs> <laughs> or unless you want a very tight friend circle that's, uh, oh, you know, that's one thing I really... Tighter than a duck's bum. <laughs> That's one thing I really can't stand is when people go, oh, left wing and right wing. The instant you say, oh, we need to help the people who need the help, you're branded as a left winger. The minute you say, oh, I'm interested in the economy, you're branded a right winger. No, I prefer to sit on the right wing because I hate sitting on the left. Really? On a plane. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, on the weird. Maybe it's because in this country we drive on the left and you drive by sitting on the right-hand side. I, I just generally think it's because I'm right-handed. Maybe. I'm not really? too sure. I think really? it is, yeah. You see, I refuse to accept the wings or centrist or any of that. My political ideology is so far out the window of anyone else, it's not even worth discussing with anyone because they just look at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Got no idea. But there we go. So no, but seriously, like I say, Brighton, the place to be. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna move us on to uh, environment here because Brighton is such an environmentally friendly place. I mean, you've you've seen this for yourself. Yeah. And we yeah. said after um, after coronavirus, that actually the air smells sweeter. It feels cleaner. You can hear the birds. Oh yes, and you can't hear the old shore and road. Well, you can now well. because yeah. everyone's back on the road. It's a bit of a pain in the backside. Not to be as much as they were, to be fair. Not it, it was nice though. The, the couple of weeks we had. Mm. It was well, nice. we managed. We managed about six weeks completely uh, free of it, and then they lifted the restrictions for some cargo and bits like that. And it started to get a bit louder. And only recently has it truly become. Like, not quite back to normal, but we really are getting there. Yeah, um, all the airports are opening now as well. And mm-hmm. Everyone can go on a holiday. And... Oh, that makes me very sad. Makes me very happy, because it means I can go abroad this year. Oh, Yay! yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> Although, you know how I feel. I always look at this and I go, there's, there's two things that people can do to help the environment, right? As, yeah. as human beings, all right? There are two things you can do. Most definitely. First of those is stop travelling by air when you don't need to. The thing is, people are going to take holidays. And realistically, if you're taking, like you do, one holiday a year, you're not jetting off four times a year, I five know. times a year. My air miles are so low. Exactly. Um, but there are some people who just use a ridiculous number of air miles. And also, all of the flights that you've done have been under five hours, I think. Four and a half, Four and a half. When we went to Egypt. Egypt was five. Yeah, that was five hours. And then Gran Canaria generally is four. Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Four and a half, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, there's not a lot of air miles behind you. Um, but there's two things people can do. They can reduce the number of air miles they do, um, and they can switch to a vegan diet. But the problem is that just doesn't work for everyone. Uh, there's so many people that turn to, to like say that veganism's a fad. It's all a fad. But to be honest, I've had vegan food, I've had vegetarian food, and it 
it tastes no different. And you know what? I'm I'm, I'm a meat eater. Obviously, we both are. We both are. Um, but you know, it's been really good because being in Brighton and being in that vegan culture, you kind of go, oh yeah, you know what? Actually, today I can have a vegetarian meal or I can have a vegan like you know. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I buy bloody Percy pigs to snack on. You know, the little, <laughs> not not because Haribo's got like meat gelatin in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, we'll go for some Percy pigs. They're lovely. They're really nice, yeah. and they're completely gel- well. They're completely meat gelatin free. Obviously, they're a gelatin tree. Sounds like a pork pie. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, are good. They oh, are good. No, you know what? I can't eat pork pies anymore. And I tell you why. I mean, I do from time to time, but I have to like open them up and look inside. And the reason is because sometimes there is jelly around the outside of the, yeah. and it just makes me think of cat food, and it makes me fucking sick. It's horrible. Um, um yeah, but like. <laughs> I still like the taste, the texture. It's just a lump of meat with so much jelly around it, and you just, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. I get that. Have you ever dipped it in mayonnaise or like salad cream? Have you ever done no, that? No, I oh, haven't. You should. No, I it's, haven't. It's, it's, it's a taste sensation. But I, for me, it's got to be garlic mayo if we can do mayo. You know what I mean? I've got to try that one. I've got to try that. Have you not had garlic mayo? With a pork pie? Or- Oh, you will know. Obviously, no, you haven't. No. Oh, I haven't had that, but like, <laughs> God, I'm just saying garlic mayo is great. I got a slightly confused and I thought he was dipping his pork pies in, in garlic mayo. That's Chicken is best with garlic mayo. That's a great oh, Garlic mayo goes with anything, though. Well, it goes with anything where garlic goes. And, uh, so, where, like, where's this gone, gone, gone from environment to garlic mayo now? I don't know. Don't well, because we were talking about like, the impact of uh, meat farming, essentially. That's it. That's um, it. But, you know, there's there's always going to be, this is the thing, there's going to be a point at which that is repaid to the environment, yeah. so to speak. So if everyone switched to veganism tomorrow like that, all right, there will be a point when uh, the environment is repaid and we stop having that impact. But the problem is, these animals, what, what do we do with them? Do we just then make them extinct so that they're not farting and causing a huge amount of CO2 in the environment? Because, like, a cow... That's like that's definitely a car as well. I don't know the exact figures. Yeah, but, but it comes also to, to the, the farmer's land. I mean, you you, you use cow dung yeah. to fertilise. Yeah. And that's a big, big thing in, in the United Kingdom because we need the fertilisation to make the crops. Yeah. So if we didn't have the animals, there'd be no crops to fertilise and there'd be no food to eat. I think we would be better off, rather than just going outright switching to a vegan diet, which I do like the sound of, but I think we'd be better off balancing it. And the thing is, like, uh, I was speaking to uh, one of the clients that we worked with uh, at the removals business, and uh, he said to me that there's a lot of positives that come from eating vegan food. Uh, athletes perform better. I thought um, I was about to say athletes' foot then. And <laughs> <laughs> athletes perform better. Uh, cholesterol is obviously a lot lower. And he said, um, apparently, uh, there is a reduction in erectile dysfunction in men wow. who uh, eat vegan food. So that was that was something that came up, and I was like, "Wow, really? That nice. that much of a, you know?" I, I didn't think honestly it would be uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I thought it was just Dr Pepper that did that. You know what I think uh, actually uh, is a big impact in our country over any other. Go on. The alcohol business. Right. Now okay. we're we're gonna have a chat about this because I'm I'm we're not drinkers really. We have the odd one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like a good Jack some, sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, Jim Bean, honey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but but the uh, like when uh, when it gets to drinking, I look at you know these uh, these big barrels being passed out to every pub, and like you compare it with uh, other countries in even just in Europe, and the amount we ship around our country is double that, triple that of some European countries. We drink like fish. Like really, <laughs> when it comes to beer and cider, we are like big consumers. Big yeah. consumers. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's because they're so cheap. Yeah. Um, in and I know some people are going to go. Oh, look at those Russians with their vodka. I counteract with that that one bottle of vodka has got approximately the same level of alcohol in it as twenty cans of beer. So if you are only having to cargo transport one bottle of vodka for someone as opposed to 20 cans of beer, you can fit so much more in that space. Plus, that would be really pointless to transport one bottle of alcohol to some place. <laughs> <laughs> Is that my pointless? Point, right, my point stands. So if, all right, if you've got a 3.5 tonne truck, I don't know how much fits in a 3.5 tonne truck, probably 3.5 tonnes. That's what I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's, let's presume for a moment 
that you are transporting um, or 2,400 cans of drink. Now, 2,400 cans of drink is actually 100 crates. That's a big van. No, no, 100 crates. Stacked up, you could probably get, well, on a cage at Tesco, you can stack them 15 high and 5 around. That's 75, all right? Mm -hmm. But in that same space, if you had it stacked to the broom with bottles of vodka, then we would be talking uh, somewhere along the lines of, oh, I don't know, uh, on the base, you'd be able to get six cases probably. Um, And then uh, moving that up by five... Uh, they get 30, 30 cases of 12 bottles apiece. If you didn't that, know, Alex does have like an automatic calculator in his head. He's very brainy. Very brainy. It's the autism. It, it's not my fault. Special powers. Special <laughs> powers, my friend. Special powers. But, but the point is you get so much more alcohol out of that than mm. you would out of the 75 cases of beer. I know we said 100 to begin with, but I've melted it down to what's in a cage. Mm. Um, and as a result, actually, there'll be less cargo in places like Russia than there would be out here. Um, yeah. And our drink culture is, I have to say, our drink culture is terrible in this country. Yeah, we are, well, yes. We are, we are known as the country that cannot hold their drink. Like, I mean, I wish I was Irish because they can hold and drink and hold and drink and, hold oh, and, and still stand. You know what? I hate to imagine what the environmental impact of alcohol is over there. Because... <laughs> There's so many things to take into account with it as well. That's the thing. It's not just the cargo getting it from place to place. It's the energy required to brew it yeah. as well. Um, and then there's also the energy or fuel or whatever transportation option is used by the person who is consuming it, whether they go to a pub, which then has to have uh, cost associated with its water and electric bills and whatnot mm-hmm. um if they're doing it at home obviously they're going to refrigerate it for a while there's costs associated with that a lot of these are like standard costs day-to-day costs that we don't even think about and obviously i am not suggesting you turn off your fridge freezer overnight oh, to save God, energy no. stupid but you'd be shopping every every bloody day yeah that'd be it you'd end up spending more money um, and actually, that would probably be worse for the environment, depending on how yeah, far yeah, away yeah. you live from a shop. Transportation, yeah, again, fumes from the car, yeah. fumes from your bikes and all sorts, yeah. But one thing I would say is, I don't know if you know this, but um, when you uh, have something plugged into a plug socket mm. and uh, you don't you don't turn it off, you turn the item off. So I, I turn off my computer at the end of the night and I unplug the Ethernet cable, all right? I do that every night. All right, because the Ethernet cable runs through my bedroom door, and I do like to shut my bedroom door. Obviously. Um, but I don't turn it off at the wall. Now, what happens is for every plug socket that you've got something plugged into that is not turned off at the wall, you still use 20% of the energy. Yes, because it's also transmitting the energy. Yeah, to it's the still the current is still the yeah the current yeah. is still flowing round, but it's just being blocked Stopped. by the signal and yeah, sent yeah. in a circle back in itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, okay, some of that energy is going to be reused, but because the energy is transporting itself, it's, so, it's uh, the motion of it that's using it. Yeah, it still needs energy to transport the hmm. energy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So very strange thing to think about, but like, yeah, it's it's, it's like a circle circular kind of situation. It's like a constant roundabout. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we, 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 you know what? That's the other thing. Uh, we're big, uh, big city builders. Uh, well, we don't, we don't work in construction. No, that's, that we, we are city builders on the computer. Oh, we, yeah. we do it virtually. So, and, and I, I love doing it. Like uh, you started up with SimCity Board Deluxe Edition, and I've got to admit, I'm going to tell everyone now. I was so immensely proud of Harvey because I, I come in while he's building his cities from time to time and I have a little look. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I started up on SimCity 4 uh, about two months ago, maybe? Mm. Month, month or two ago. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to build a bunch of cities. Rah, rah. So I terraformed a region because I love doing that bit in SimCity 4. SimCity 4 is a bit basic for my will of city building. It's too square. It's yeah, it's a bit too square. square. Um, but Harvey, with his SVI, I've left him to it for, I think it was maybe six hours, and I walked back in. So I got it for that long? Yeah, mate. Jesus. Six, seven hours. And Jesus. then I walked back in, and he's got five cities, all linked up by road and rail. They've all got stations. One of the stations had, like, 5,000 people using it, which is about uh, 250% capacity, because the capacity of each passenger's rail station is only uh, 2,000 people. Mm. Um, I was like... Big station. Yeah, and I was like, oh, bloody hell, he's doing some on that. 
Um, and uh, I looked around and I was like, Harvey, how on earth have you got a population of 140,000 after six hours? Like, I don't know, man. Just been playing, haven't I? And I went, <laughs> I went round and like. I actually, remember that as well. I did. I did a couple of things. So, like one of like obviously being blind, there's certain things you're not entirely able to do. Read, write, um, walk into walk in a straight line, walk down the road, uh, drag, uh, shop. But when we're just talking about when we're just talking about Sim City, like some of the roads weren't quite dragged under the highway properly. So Obviously. there was remember that highway you built, and I was like, Hi, like yeah. Harvey, you built this highway that's costing you something stupid like two hundred pound a week in Sim City, and yet. No one's using it because what did Harvey not do? Connect Harvey didn't connect it with off ramps. <laughs> so there's so, no way for anyone to get onto the it highway. It looked pretty. I mean, didn't. Yeah. It was a bloody highway. It's a big ribbon of. That said, I'd, I'd quite like to, you know, one day go down like a big highway on my bike. Not a motorway, but you know the A23? Yeah. Like, there's that massive downhill section on it. Mm-hmm. I would love to drop down that on my like on my little MTV. That'd be right, great. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, I've done a few. I mean, I've got a max speed of forty-two miles per hour going down the side of Devil's Dyke. I screamed from top to bottom, straight up. I did. I was ah, oh! <laughs> going down the hill. <laughs> And people are there. I'm there with my GoPro. Arms flapping. Yeah. Like, ah! Well, it wasn't arms flapping. My suspension broke halfway down. So halfway down, I'm like... <laughs> you know, next time, what you should do is you pack yourself some homemade wings and go down the hill and just just jet off like E.T. You nah, could mate. take air. You nah, could. Mate. I'll just drink red. Save on air miles. Oh, that's true. That's there true. There you go. <laughs> you know what would be really cool is if you uh, cycle down a hill at speed... Um, and have one of those gliders and then when you're That's at the top of the speed yeah, yeah, yeah. like have the gliders attach the handlebar click a button so they pull out <laughs> and just go Woo, like and then do. just <laughs> leave the bike behind <laughs> you need a basket on your bike you need a basket on your bike to do it I am not having a basket on you've my bike you've got to do it with a basket no. any listeners message in on a voice message we need to get Alex on his bike with a basket and some wings and then can fly off like E.T. I would some, you know what some, yeah but yeah. seriously even if the bike was connected to the glider because realistically if you got a glider with wider wings, then it'd have more lift, and you'd be able to lift a bike on it as well. So if you just had the glider directly attached to the handlebars, you could just ride your bike and then just pull the front of it up like you were doing a wheelie. Oh, yeah, man. And you could go. You could literally just fly around the whole town. And oh my god, could you imagine the people looking up? They'd be like, "What is that? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's a crazy ginger man flying about on his bike." Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my, my question is. Where would you land? Maybe water. Maybe because the wings would keep you afloat. Maybe no, actually, because the bike weight would pull yeah. you down. <laughs> It'd have to be on the seafront somewhere. Oh, there's no space. There is no space. The it's thing is, as well, packed. when you're on a glider, you ain't got no brakes. So if you, you could get... fit brakes, what to a glider? Yeah, you could put some like little legs down. Oh, like flaps. Like, not even flaps, just like arms that come down with like. Bri- bottoms and just like and across the floor oh yeah and then i can go off over tip that would be great no because well yeah yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. It may have worked. Well, all I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking at spe- airspeed. There's no way to slow yourself down on airspeed. I would love to know what uh, my listeners would, would, would think about this situation. So if anyone wants to send in a voice message and let us know what your thoughts are on this situation, that would be amazing. Um, but okay. carry on. You know what? Actually, though, can you imagine if you, like, live at the top of a hill, for instance, right? And you want to get... It's very windy. It would be, but say you want to get to work on the daily without, you know, destroying the environment. Get a bike with a glider. Get (laughs) Sorry, I've not seen a draft excluder for years. They were proper 90s retro. They were... You know what? They used to build those into houses. And I remember doing this um, uh, research online as part of my... uh, uh, part of my geography GCSE, maybe it was. Oh, I was rubbish at geography. Uh, so, oh, you know what? I've got. I don't even know my left and my right. You know what? We're going to stop talking <laughs> real talk, and I'll tell you. Well, it is real talk, really. Um, when I was in school, I was bullied a lot. We all um, were, I think. Uh, yeah, most of us. But like autistic spectrum and difficulty communicating with people, it was ADHD particularly here. particularly worse when I was a kid. Particularly worse when I was a kid. Um, and I was easy in, target as a kid, though. That's I right. did, and I remember Mr. Knox's geography class 
And I can't remember what this kid did, but I, I turned around and smacked him or I shouted at him or I did something. And Mr. Knox came, oh, I'm sitting at my desk and he's come down to my level. So he's sort of like bent his knees and he's looking right at me and goes, mm. listen, Alex, if you don't concentrate a little bit harder in this class and try to work your way up, you are going to fail in this class and then you are going to seriously damage your life choices. And I just turned around and went, well, that'll be a slap in the face for your career, won't it, sir? That, that's a bit of, that's a bit of a harsh thing to say. It is. It's a but, bit of a harsh thing to say to a child. But I turned around and I said, oh, that'll be a slap in the face for your career, won't it, sir? <laughs> and every single person in that class, up, uh, they're just an uproar of laughter. Oh, God. Um, but bet. it came to the end and basically one day he caught me on my lunch break in his classroom with my headphones on. And he goes, you take those out? I was like, no, I can't. I'm doing my homework for geography and I don't want to speak to anyone. Sorry. And I just went back to it. And fair enough, he actually left me alone. He didn't, didn't touch me. And then it came to the end of the year and I'd been actually sitting in his geography classes at lunchtime and he'd been quietly coming in and not saying anything. Because back in the time when I went to school, you weren't allowed headphones. Now, mm. they sort of have a bit more of a reasonable thing with it. Like, kids are allowed phones yeah, in school. Yeah, which I don't like, think is a good thing because it's distracting from education. I and think... the thing is, it's not good because also, if you've got a phone and a device and you've got, like, a test or something, you can easily get on Google and find the answer. Well, this is what I'm thinking. And I think it's just is, cheating. It it's would just... be great if you could segregate parts of the school so that parts of the school, like the lunchrooms, had Wi-Fi for your phone. But the thing is also... Everyone will be skiving off of the lessons just to go to the, the but lunchroom. But here's the thing. How useful is Google in an actual classroom environment? Oh, yep. I want you guys to find this information out for yourself. Well, how would you do that as an adult without Google. a teacher? You would go to Google. You would go on a search engine. It you used would... to be Ask Jeeves, but now it's Google. Oh, yeah, I remember, I remember Ask, Ask Jeeves. Jeeves. And what was that other one? There was another one. Uh, Yahoo! Yahoo's Yahoo still going, search. man. Yeah, they're Yahoo's still up. Still going. Um, there's a couple of other ones besides. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you used, to, uh, you used to go around the search engines at school. But here's the thing, and I know, you know, this forces almost the parents to put a little bit of money into it, but if you're not putting money into your children, you're not really a good parent. No oh, you can't say that. Well, no, if you no, because the government gives like okay. So here's an example. I was in Tesco once, and this woman uh, came up to me with a bunch of those healthy start vouchers. Now, healthy start vouchers for people who don't know are vouchers for people to buy fresh or coupons frozen well. fruit and vegetables. Yeah, they're coupons. Coupons, and they're for fresh or frozen <laughs> fruit and veg, for milk, for stuff that gives children a healthy start. This woman came in and tried to buy fags on it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. As she came goes, can I have can I have twenty whatever it was? And it was six pounds twenty five. And she gave me wow. two three pounds ten healthy start vouchers. And I was like, um, That's you can't healthy. use that. Oh, why not? The shop up the road took them. I was like, yeah, we're not the shop up the road. And it says very clearly on the voucher there for kids to get a healthy start. It, 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 it's just a um, key aspect there in the title of the voucher: healthy start. Going to a counter for cigarettes, which is not healthy at all. And not for your children. And definitely not for your children. Well, exactly. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised because when I was a child, I, well, when I was younger, should I say, um, yes, I got booted out of school a week earlier than anticipated because I was a bit of a naughty boy. But nevertheless, um, every break time, I used to go to the gates to find, to see my friends. And I used to get the year sevens coming up to me going, can you go to the shop to get me some fags? And it's just like, <laughs> uh, no, because I can't even get served. I'm only like 16. I can't do it myself. And uh, yeah, and he used to have a go at me about it. But even to this day, I would never go to the shop with someone. Yeah, no. Even if they asked me and like was saying, well, you're old enough, it's like, no, because the, the thing is, you should not be smoking. If you want to smoke, you've got to smoke when you're legitimately old enough. And the thing is, if the parents are the parents are responsible they can choose when their child drinks by law you're allowed to have a drink from the age of five if you're accompanied by your parents no don't be spouting that because now you get a lot of toddlers on the whiskey <laughs> they already are no no <laughs> yeah, well, they rub them on the guns but, don't yeah, they yeah 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 brandy brandy, brandy yeah. yeah it's really useful for kids who were suffering with teething pains they used to do it all the time in the 80s mm. uh, and even when I was growing up my mum gave me a little bit and it sent me straight off to sleep same same um, same yeah. but like my point is that if you want to introduce your children to a safe drinking culture the best way to do that is 
make sure they don't get alcohol off of someone on the street. Street, yeah, exactly. And buy it for them. Have a stock of... You know, I heard this thing, and I thought it was ridiculous when I was a kid. Oh, some families leave a pack of condoms in the um, in the bathroom for their kids. And I was like, actually, thinking about it now, that's a really good idea, because you aren't going to stop your kids doing what they're going to do. Hey, and if you've got course, two 15-year-olds, yeah, if you've got two 15-year-olds who are together, they've been together for like three months, and they're absolutely randy for each other, you kind of got to just accept they're going to do what they're going to do, and you can't stop that. They're going to make those decisions. Yeah, because Whether that... those decisions are right for that child is a completely different argument. Mm. But whether they are going to make those decisions or not is not an argument. That's a fact. But being being putting precautions in place at that age is a very good thing because yeah. I mean the, the the sex ed in school was back in the day wasn't really. I mean I put oh, a we con- had one I, lesson when I was eleven. Yeah, I put a condom <laughs> on a banana and I and I just thought well this is not sex because this is not sex ed at all. And then we watched the female version of the sex ed videos. And and the the girls were sectioned off into another room who watched the males sex ed videos. That's how we did it. It was very strange. We didn't all get put in a classroom together to watch, you know, both of them. But it, it, it was just bizarre. I mean, I don't know how it is nowadays. I think it's probably all done by the internet. I, I mean, yeah, quite virtual internet. Like, well, the thing is, they've got targeted marketing now, haven't they? So it. if you've got, because um, you can join Facebook from the age of thirteen. Think it's so 14, yeah. I presume that once kid hits 14, 15, they start getting these, oh, you can get free condoms from the sea centre. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, it was it Connections, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it, Connections. connections. Yeah, you could get you could get free condoms, you could get uh, career running, advice, yeah. yeah. You could get career advice, you could get advice on getting like your first house and flat, they'd help you with all the paperwork. Yep. yep, and then later on in life, if you because if, obviously you come up to being 18 and then connections stop mm. because you're an adult officially Um, but furthermore than on that you have then another option which is called a CAB which is basically the same as Connections yeah Citizens Advice Bureau which is for adults Um, and it is a drop in service you drop in you wait for your slot the best thing to do if you need something from the Citizens Advice Bureau is just go as early as you can in the morning and then by you know okay if there's two people in front of you fair enough but by nine o'clock you'll be seen you'll be out you'll be done yeah and um, they can they can pretty much resolve most of the problems that you are dealing with in your life. Yeah, yeah, They're absolutely. They will sit good. through they will sit through any length of stuff that you've got to deal with. But don't take them down like they're a, they're a, they're a therapist because they aren't. No, <laughs> but they would point you in the direction of a therapist should you yes, need one. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, they will point you in the direction of the correct medical help. They'll point you in the direction of, say, you've got a dispute with a company. They'll point you in the direction of the FSCS or the FCA or mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Off, uh, Ofsted for schools. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll point you in the right direction to go and get that advice so you can make your decisions. Um, there was something interesting I realised. Um, not a lot of people know, but online there's a government tool to find out what the best schools and hospitals in your area are. Well, that's no use to me. Well, no. <laughs> not anymore. But anyway, I had um, I had a little bit of an argument with someone in Sussex the other day who uh, sort of um, went on. Well, it wasn't an argument; it was a debate. I should say it was a debate. There was no disagreement towards it. You know, we we would have shook hands afterwards, but coronavirus. Um, yeah. uh, but we were it was very am- amicable. Was you shouted across the street? No. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I don't think we should build these houses. <laughs> no, so anyway, his argument was, oh, why are, why are Sussex Council building 1,200 new houses? It's ridiculous. Rah, rah, rah. And I've gone, okay, I've heard so many different figures. People are saying 493 houses, 1,200 houses, 3,500 houses. And I sort of went, I don't care how many houses are being built. As long as it's built on Pimlico and I get my money's worth, that's fine. (laughs) Well, (laughs) as long as it's not built in the middle of a seriously green area. Yes, because of the environment. You don't want to destroy the environment we've got left. I mean, it's saddening to say, actually, talking about like greenery and stuff, because we, we have a wildlife which is decreasing rapidly with all the houses being built. And I think it's awful because we don't have much wildlife in this country because it is a small country. Um, we don't have reserves. We don't have much around us to classify us as a very natured but country. Here's the thing, and we've seen it's this in we've seen this in playing city building games. Is that rather than building 1,200 houses, you could 
And I'm not saying it's the nicest thing we could do. We could build 200 flat blocks that were six stories high. That's it. It's cheaper, you know, cheaper accommodation. Cheaper accommodation. And also it's on leasehold, which means that we're uh, getting better for the economy. Yep. Okay, granted. We're going to look pretty you know, cheap with loads of sky rises, though. But the thing is, in the space, Harvey, of 1,200 houses, you could have 200 flat blocks, six stories high, and then with the extra space you've got, you can afford to plant a bunch of trees, like redwoods exactly. that are really tall, that exactly. can go around those flat blocks, and then exactly. there's no eyesore pollution. And then in addition cuts, to that, because you... the pollution from yeah. the roads. And then because you've got those extra trees in place, they're also soaking up carbon dioxide. Producing more oxygen for us. Exactly. That's what so, we need. So I'm sort of like, I know a lot of people, oh no, all this high rise. And actually, you know what? I think high rise is better than houses the only thing i disagree with is unfortunately you can't have freehold flats yeah. um and that is you know unfortunately is just the way uh that the world has it's the way things have evolved over the last you know sort of 300 years because everyone's panicked everyone's panicked due to the coronavirus now everyone is really panicking about their whole situation in their ecosystem mm. and and but, because of the heat wave as well we had, that's due to the fact of the pollution. The coronavirus hasn't brought these problems with it. What it's no, done it's, it's is highlighted it's, them. Yes, yes, exactly that. These problems that we have in our world, they already exist. Pollution already exists. Fracking already exists. People buying the mo most biggest expensive car that spools pollution everywhere. That pointless. exists. Absolutely pointless. I mean, you, you've got, I mean, as a disability car, you picked a Prius. And yeah, it's like, a hybrid. Yeah, it's a hybrid. And what, what did we spend? We went up to... 83 uh, pence. Yeah, yeah. When it was we, on fuel. Yeah, to get to the local Sainsbury's, which is about a mile away. So a mile there, a mile back, 83 pence. That's all we spent. And we didn't even use the electric engine then. We were charging the electric engine the whole way. So that was all on real fuel. Yeah. You know? Um, but then, mm. you know, we went up to... Uh, where was it? Um... Uh, Croydon, Addington Way, and we had a coffee up there. I mm -hmm. uh, went to the Starbucks, and it was just sort of, uh, oh, oh, you know, fancier drive. So we drove up, um, we grabbed a coffee, sat in a field for a bit, had a little look around at some of the nature in the sort of Red Hill, Merstham area, just having a bit of a chill and laugh. And that cost us eight pound forty-two. Wow! And know you know, that. we travelled a hundred miles. That's that 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 is that much. Yeah, that is because it's fifty miles from ours to the top of the M23. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then that. it's about another mile to Hooley uh, where the yeah. Starbucks yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yeah, we're talking a good number of miles there. Oh, that was the day I nearly got run over by the car in a car park. Oh, yeah, gee. Because you, you were saying don't go backwards and I kept going backwards and I nearly got knocked over. I was like, I'm all right, I'm all right. Yeah, I'll just stand here. Yeah, but, Watch, there's a car, Harvey. Just, oh. But then, <laughs> you know, again, you are, you are blind. It's not yeah. like, yeah. That's all right. That's all right. And the thing is, as well, it's not just like I've got responsibilities as a carer to make sure you don't do that. Mm -hmm. You've got the responsibility to pay attention to me sometimes you when I'm telling you to me. get out of danger. I've got a mem I've got a I've got a concentration span of a gnat. I know, I know. You know but we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. Um, but also, you do have to bear in mind that actually, it's the responsibility of other people around you to be responsible for other people. You know, but that's it. Which actually brings us quite nicely onto uh, cycle lanes for COVID. They've been springing up everywhere. This is more your topic because I don't cycle. So you no. go for it, sir. No, you no, 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 it. because uh, actually I would like to hear, I'd like you to take the perspective of a road user, a car user, right? Because you are, you are a car user, even though you're not a driver. Just to let you know, I've got the face of a real shocked person right now, just for my listeners, because I don't drive, but like I'm a passenger. Yes, so. but you understand what it's like to be stuck in traffic. Obviously, yeah, everyone yeah, does. Everyone yeah. does. Um, but uh, the reason I want to talk about this is because in Brighton there has been a big uh, hullabaloo about the Old Shoreham Road. Hullabaloo. 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 <laughs> um, so the Old Shoreham Road, basically, uh, I'll give you an overview, from Portslade Station running all the way up to Hove Park Tavern, uh, which is a good three, 3.4 miles. Roughly. Yeah. Um, roughly. That section, no, no, sorry, the whole section is 3.4 miles. The new section's uh, just under two miles. Um, but the uh, that whole section of road, what they've done is it was a four-lane road, two lanes going in each direction, uh, with a couple of turning lanes running up and down it. So there's a turning lane to go off towards Hangleton. There's a turning lane to uh, go off towards uh, Olive Road. 
Hogue Way. Yeah, Hogue Way. Um, so, you know, there's a bunch of turn-offs. Anyway, what they've done, and I do think this is a bit ridiculous, is they've taken the left lane off of both sides and dedicated an entire cycle lane to it. Now, the great news here is, actually, I use Old Shoreham Road daily on my bike. I do, and I do feel a lot safer now using the Old Shoreham mm. Road. I will not lie about that. That's just not... You know, that's not negotiable. I do apologise, I've just belched. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I could. I was trying to keep it as quiet as possible. They wouldn't have known if you didn't say anything. I didn't yeah, hear but, it. Uh, yeah, but I heard it. You know, me and my hearing, <laughs> I'm just like super subtronic, as my listeners would have known if on my previous podcast. I've got subtronic hearing. I can hear burps from all over the world. I can probably hear people. Yeah, hang on. Yeah, China's burping. Yeah, Germany's burping. And France are just fired. Yeah, carry on. Italy is still coughing. <laughs> oh my god Sorry. anyway moving Corona on joke. Corona <laughs> joke so um, with them um, with the COVID-19 cycle lanes they've taken off the entire lane uh, and uh, they've basically forced all the traffic into one lane where it should be in two stupid absolutely stupid idea now here's the thing they've got a central median that's paved right down the middle of the old shore and that entire stretch right mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there going why don't you just drill that up put a new lane there and then rather than having an entire car width lane either side Mm. have one car width lane on one side with bi-directional traffic now what does that do well if you've got bi-directional cyclists on one side of the road it only impacts the turnings on one side of the road obviously it does yeah so most people realistically if we're going, what we want to do is the traffic flowing out of Brighton, you want that to just go. You don't care about that. That's not, you know, the traffic going in, you want to control it. So the best thing to do is the traffic going into Brighton from Port Slade, make that one lane and have a bi-directional lane on the left-hand side. Yeah. Yeah? Makes sense. And then you have two lanes on the opposite side coming out of Brighton so we can get all of that cargo traffic out of the city. We can get it going where it wants to go and we don't block up the inner city, allowing the people who are still going in to actually go in. Um, Mm. Now, I know this sounds absolutely ridiculous to some of you who might not have worked with traffic flow, might not have full understanding. Any idea what he's going on about. It's all gibberish. It's totally totally fine. I'm sort of in the same situation here because I'm not a road user. I'm a road... I'm a road goer. A road goer. A road goer. But to give you an idea, there are a few (laughs) things that impact traffic. First of all, railway crossings. They're the worst. Railway crossings are the worst. There's railway crossings. It takes so much time out of your day. You're just sitting there. And you know what? This is uh, one of the things which I said uh, the COVID cycle lane doesn't help with on Old Shoreham Road. Because on Old Shoreham Road, at the end of it, where the cycle lane ends, um, if you turn left, you go off to Port Slade High Street and Port Slade Station. And you have to queue all down that road whilst you're waiting for the traffic lights. Now, as many as four trains go through in one in one go. Mm. All right, that mm. means you're stuck at those lights for nine minutes. So on Easy. a high street, nine minutes worth of waiting. Round it up to the ten. Nice Round it to ten. That. Yeah, because at the back of the queue, you will be waiting for ten yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, even more. But that queue occurs all the way up Portslade High Street, and then people who are on Old Shoreham Road turning left just don't it's, move. It's horrible. I hate waiting. I that. think... Just, that turning that turn from the Victoria pub on the corner of the rail crossing is just abysmal. I hate it because it's too close. And it the turning is just on it. It's, but not just that, Harvey. Not just that. When you're... That row of traffic goes all the way past the little... Past Victoria Road, all the way up to Old Shoreham to those traffic lights. And the thing is, there is always... When that train crossing is down, that section, yeah, that section, and people are yeah. trying to turn left off the you old Shoreham Road. So what I would say is get rid of that cycle lane that's going uh, westbound. Get rid of it. 80, right? Is it eighty six or eighty nine? Eighty nine. Is it eighty nine? I don't know. Eighty nine. What? What the Americans say in, in Gordon Ramsay? Eighty six. It. 86. 86 it. Yeah, maybe. 86. I don't, I've got no idea. If anyone knows, by the way, what the correct term is, send us a message through because we are we are clueless. Um, <laughs> um, but that, that lane, which is a cycle lane, you could just get rid of that and say left turn only. Yeah. And then if people are queuing to go on Portslade High Street, they can just queue down there. It does not affect any of the rest of the traffic. And that would actually have a better impact on any traffic than any cycle lane will ever have. Um... But moving on, yeah, we're gonna we've, we've done our we've done our COVID cycle lane. Uh, we've talked about uh, traffic. We're just reading the lane, relabeling a, a, a route for cyclists. COVID cycle lane. That'd be pretty cool. I don't understand why they didn't put it on Portland Road. 
know what I mean? Yeah, but Portland Road is, is small. It's, it's a lot smaller, it's a lot thinner than, than the other It road. is, but it's only got one lane going in each direction and there's loads of bus stops. And the pavement size is a hell size of a pavement. It's not, it's not, it's, too, it's not small. It's yeah. larger than the actual road yeah. side. Uh, which means so there's no reason why you couldn't make just it a dual, it well, you could make it a dual use, couldn't you? Like yeah, cycling possibly. and yeah, walking. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's another thing that annoys me, but we'll go on to that another time. Uh, uh, in other countries, it's completely legal to cycle on the pavement. There's no problem with that, not an issue, and it's safer. Um, well, it's not if you're a pedestrian. It's not. And they're not watching. They can run yeah. straight into you. Yeah, but then... It's a stupid idea. As with the shared spaces in Brighton, it is as much the cyclist's responsibility as it is the pedestrian you to make know, sure safe. You know for a fact how many times I get really agitated and really annoyed with people that are on, on the pavement on their bikes. I hate it so much. It's so unsafe for the pedestrians. But the problem, the problem lies wherein that I'll be leading you and mm. we'll be walking down the street and they've taken no notice of the fact that we need a wider berth on the pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because people don't notice you're blind until they literally lock eyes with you and then they go, oh. Oh, he's got a wonky eye. It must be wrong. <laughs> must be wrong. And as soon as they do that. It's interesting because things like um, things like blindness and for me, uh, autistic spectrum disorder, they bring on certain levels of depression, anxiety around people. Mm. And I find mm. like, I would like to know your thoughts actually because like I've got obviously my own coping strategies when it comes to depression and anxiety. I, like, I know you're not necessarily like hugely depressed all the time. You're quite happy go lucky. You're very chill, but you, you've got to feel like that sometimes. It's, 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 it's depends on like how the day goes. If it's a miserable day weather-wise, and I feel pretty crappy, I will I will have a face on. You've seen my face. It's oh quite, yeah, it's quite a crappy face. But like, I'll, I'll try and mask it by doing something to occupy, occupy myself um, and trying just to push push the depression part of it away from me as much as I can and just try and, like I say, occupy myself with something like painting, singing, drawing or something like that. Um, otherwise, if I get super, 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 super annoyed, I will literally, I will warn, I will warn my public around me and I will say, I am going to leave the room. Please do not come near me. Yeah. You know, or I'll walk out the house and I'll go for a cigarette or something. And the thing um, is as well, people are all... Um, like okay, Hollyoaks hashtag don't filter feelings. Oh, don't. And that's it's like, like you know what? That you, I love that in so many respects. I'm like, yeah, don't filter feelings. Going to, but the problem lies wherein that people are going to see that and they're going to go, oh no, we've got to talk to people with depression about it, make sure they're all right. And you know what? There are some people with depression who are just going to go naff off. I don't want to talk it, about it. I, it's, and, I've been in that situation before where people have been saying, oh, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, do you know what? I don't want to speak to you. I don't want to speak to anyone. I just want time to myself. So sort my own head out that's sometimes what is what you need you don't want people involved in your depression because it just makes things worse for yourself i would say and i think <coughs> sorry excuse it, me corona no, um, you, don't say that because we won't get any listeners <laughs> well we get listeners they'll be like oh no are you okay no i just i swallowed my juice wrong um so yeah no the thing is with uh, with things like that is you have to wait for the person with depression to want to talk about it yeah, it's not you, a, can't, you can't just jump on the gun and just say right what's wrong with you I'm going to sort you out yeah it's never because it won't work it won't work and you know uh, people were doing this to me like, are you okay are you okay I'm like yeah I'm fine until you asked it's, it's, it's <laughs> like I just said it is literally you, you you have to have your own way of dealing with it I mean you people insist on thinking that they can help depression yes they can help but if you get too much involved then it's not helping it's it's pushing you further away from the person who's trying to help i mean and in their eyes it's just oh they're trying to do a good thing but in your eyes it's like just go away just yeah. go away because yeah, you don't understand what my head is doing you don't understand how i'm feeling and i can't really explain to you because of my depression because if i explain to you it could go in all sorts of directions yeah you know and the uh, only possible way to kind of overcome depression is yes have a good connection of friends around you so you can like relay some sort of like talks to them but just don't kind of shut yourself away all the time you need that little bit of you know, friendship around you to keep you on a straight and narrow. It's balance, isn't it? You've got a kind of, yeah, it's a fine line of balance. You've got a kind of, you know. So the other night we had a bunch of like people who had come to visit us 
and you know we were there for like three hours out the back of the garage you know having a chat and a coffee obviously yep. covid restrictions still so you know we're trying to be a bit careful um but you know it came to the end of that and they've they've traveled a long way to come and see us yeah and when they came down to see us we had a chat and everything but it got to like two and a half hours in and i'm thinking I'm, I'm sick of this i just want to go home and it yeah. wasn't that I don't like my friends. I love them to pieces. I really do. And I'm really glad, I'm sure you were, that they came and saw us and we had a good chat and yeah, it was really yeah, nice. Yeah. But it just gets to this point where I think I think when you're depressed and you're trying to pull yourself out of that, you go and see your friends and you feel better for going to see your friends, but it's tiring making yourself feel like that. And then if you get too tired, you end up back depressed it's, again. It's sort of the same thing with like a facade. It's like a, if you suffer with depression, you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you don't want to image yourself to other people as a really depressed, you know, upset person. So you kind of put on a fake uh, facade, trying to, trying to make people believe that you're okay, you're fine, but every, every, every so often it will creep out and people will notice. So even how much you try to hide your depression, it's never ever gonna, gonna go away unless you kind of bite the bullet and just say, right, F off depression, I don't need <laughs> it anymore. You know, you've just gotta kind of find a, a good thing to keep yourself occupied and keep yourself in, in feeling good. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. I'll tell you what, the most depressed I've ever been uh, is when I lost my job. And I didn't get I didn't get sacked or anything. I just wasn't allowed to rescind my notice. The new job I was going for didn't really happen. It was really unfortunate. A lot of people did lose a job over COVID. Though. Yeah, no, a there's lot. a lot of people. But that was the most depressed I think I've ever been. I mean, apart from maybe when I was a kid and I didn't really understand why I was depressed. I didn't understand. But I found the best way to deal with it is if you want to talk to someone make sure you're not talking to the same person every time. Yes. And I know that sounds ridiculous in a lot of ways, but you feel better because you're not putting all that pressure onto one person. There's there's your starter and it makes you feel better. But also, you don't want someone to look at their phone and go, oh, he's calling again, he's upset about something, I'm gonna have to sit here and listen. Um, you know, that person may, may very well not be thinking that at all, but if you're depressed, you will be thinking in your own head that that will be the case. Exactly. And it goes on the same lines of, of when people... I mean, I don't know if any of my listeners or any anyone that is listening to this does this, but um, I've seen it quite quite frequently, in fact. Um, because of the COVID, everyone's been depressed. And I can understand it is, it is quite a hard thing to cope with uh, for us all. But um, if, if you spout about your depression all over social media, that just puts an image to other people... Oh, you know, you will get the odd person that will be nice to you about it and everything. Go, what's up? What's the matter? But other people that are your friends will just look at that and go, "Ugh, I can't be asked to deal with that today. I really can't be." And you think that that person is your friend, but they're not talking to you because they've not commented on that status. So I would say, if you're gonna, if you, if you're going to be feeling depressed in your self situation, don't go spouting it on Facebook because the the friends that you have in your circles will not. Possibly attempt to try and pull you out. You may get the one or two friends that will pull you out, but not everyone will be um, at your side to help you because they not have their the own. Like, they have their own lives to deal with, and they have their own problems to deal with. My friend, my friend Adam, uh, he came up with a uh, really good, not entirely accurate but a really good description of what he feels depression is. Because he's been depressed in his life at some point or another, I'm sure we all have. Um, and uh, he said it's boredom. It's the lack of anything to do. It's sitting at home yeah. going, what do I want to do with myself? I could do that. Oh, no, I'm too bored to do that. I am totally in, in agreement with you on that. Yeah. Because oh. if you if you are sat in the same four walls day in, day out, and you run out of things to do, you're then sat in a situation where oh, well, I've got nothing to do. I don't want to do that, and I don't want to do that because I've already done it. It doesn't, it doesn't fulfil my enjoyment, you know? It, it, it's the same old, same old. You need to kind of nurture yourself into something new. And I know it may be a bit hard if you're feeling depressed to nurture yourself into something new, but the thing is, you've got to kind of step out of your comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. But we'd always new ex- experience. Yeah, I mean, these are only our experience, and we'd always, as usual, love to hear from you guys. If you've got any uh, messages for uh, messages for how people should deal with depression or any stories of your own, 
uh, that you want to share with us or maybe you're just having a bad day and you want to talk about it you just chuck us a voice message uh we'll talk about it in our next podcast or we'll uh, just shimmy it on to the end of I'm this one i'm actually going <laughs> to set up a um communication facebook page for for my podcasters because like the thing is if it, you can only do voice messages on on this app but if someone wants to talk in full detail about something then they can actually send us a, a private message and we can have a bit more of an a, a bit more of a formal conversation about it exactly um i'd rather it be that way than just voice messages because i know what people are like if they're suffering with depression they don't want to kind of voice their opinions it's easier to write in a text format than voice because you'll be like mm, I think uh, it's just mm, easier uh, just not to have it face to face there you go virtual uh, honestly it. honestly yeah, 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 and, yeah. and you know the, what's really great that came out recently is that um, uh, what's it called the uh, counsellors that you can get on your phone you can have video counselling sessions that, did you that. not no. it's been all over the internet it's been really good you can go online and get a video counselling session and there'll be a counsellor there and you can literally send a message any time of day and they'll find you a counsellor on one side or the other of the globe. Absolutely brilliant. I, that is a really good idea, actually. I mean, it's a shame we don't have the link or anything because we could just pop it onto the podcast. But Well, I will try and find it. Yeah, um, whenever, yeah. But, um, yeah, moving on from that, because I think we've covered now. Uh, yeah, that is that is literally all we had today. We didn't have. Uh, we thought we'd go on just a, a run of things that we're like. Oh yeah, we want to talk about those. Just a few quick topics. So, um, although I am gonna, uh, I am gonna pop a quick last topic, seeing as we've got ten minutes. Yeah, go for it. Um, because uh, I really do want to talk uh, about about you, actually. Uh oh. Oh no. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and <laughs> I, what, what, what I want to talk about specifically <clears throat> is. Because we've we've covered depression, anxiety, a little bit about blindness, but I want to more specifically talk about what you can do. Because I can do everything, no. and and that's <laughs> but that's exactly it, Harvey. Like you know, I mean, maybe two months, three months ago, you didn't feel like you could do oh, everything, no, but no, then. No. Now, now I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm sweeping, I'm mopping, I'm building bikes, constructing bikes, being on the internet, yeah. like making things, doing podcasts. I mean, I've got a, I've got a Facebook page called Al's Bike Workshop, and Harvey works with me on uh, Al's Bike Workshop quite a lot. Um, he breaks apart bikes, and then he essentially gives me the parts, and then I fix them onto a new bike. But the other day. He did his first ever repair whoop, whoop. Um, on a set of uh, V-brakes on a Trek 4100. And it was an insanely good job. It was an insanely good job. Um, he set everything up and he just used feel, essentially. Do you know the best part of breaking a bike down? My favourite part is actually taking tyres off. I absolutely love doing that. Really? It's a bit satisfying. It's just straight down. It's just like, yeah, rip yeah. that tyre off. Get that tire off. <laughs> tire. Um, yeah, and you know what? Actually, reusing the tires that's so good for the environment because that rubber that rubber is unrecyclable. That rubber, 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 rubber. <laughs> Give me your brother, rubber, rubber. <laughs> no, but on a serious note, it's uh, it's so good for the environment. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, no, it's uh, it's yeah, it's fantastic, and I see you out there, and I'm thinking, you know, we've we've got a blind guy here who I mean, you were bloody testing bikes i was rising up and down the back man i don't and i've gone how on earth and you were like you said right so there's an alleyway there and when i go past the alleyway i hear the whoosh in my ears as i go past something that's not brick i use sound as my key yeah and then he starts applying the brakes and then he goes then i can see the color of the brick wall in front of me when it's about eight to ten meters away and i just pull the brakes i just want to pause you there because like uh uh my, my listeners probably don't know I do have only 4% of vision in my right eye and 6% vision in my left eye I have actually got detached retinas partially detached retinas I think 98% detached the ret- they're just like two slugs in my head just swimming around <laughs> just keep swimming just keep swimming is that so- why sometimes when you're concentrating your eyes do their own thing um, no they wander off because you just get bored the <laughs> <laughs> grow legs and just go right I've had enough now I'm off that's it <laughs> you know what screw this show I'm done <laughs> <laughs> but no um yeah, as you as you commented on me yesterday, you was you was really panicking because you said, "Are you all right, Harvey? You look like you're having a seizure." And I'm just like, "No, that's what I do." I mean, the thing is, um, because the, I don't know why it is. I think it's probably because of the detached retinas. My eyes kind of do this automatic fast blink, 
and it's like a real quick you, you saw it mm. obviously these guys can't see it but like it's a real quick blink and it, it looks like I'm having a seizure yeah your eyelids well your eyelids don't blink they flutter they flutter like little butterflies and yeah. I'm absolutely petrified of butterflies oh, oh god no. don't even get what me was, what was the phobia called um, lepidoptri- lepidoptrophobia. It's a lovely word. Lepidoptrophobia. Hey Google, what is lepidoptrophobia? On the website healthline.com, they say lepidoptrophobia is the fear of butterflies or moths. There you, there you go. go. So lepidoptrophobia. It's Originally he said it, and I was like, isn't that? A fear of doctors with leprosy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was a bit. I was what? Um, I've got an absolutely fantastic fear. Um, genre claustrophobia. Oh, do you want to give a Google? Uh... Uh, no, no. I can tell you exactly you, you what it means. Genre claustrophobia is fear of toilets and small spaces. Oh yes, you are. You doesn't like touching toilet brushes. And uh, uh, no, it no, 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 me every time. Did no, you, you know, know what? Toilet brush. Toilet, toilet brushes. I've got no problem touching the toilet brush. It's going behind the toilet system to get it. Why do you have? Why are you scared? Do you think someone's going to jump out? I think it's because when I was two years old, you didn't I, get a swirly. No. But bit of a funny story. Come on. Um, so uh, when I was two giggle. years old, I just you know I got off the potty and I'd started learning to use the toilet. About two or two or three, probably. That was very early in your years. I didn't I come was, off the potty till I was six. Oh no, I was I was dead early learning all of those things. I wanted to do. I wanted to use the toilet. So I wiped my bum with far too much toilet paper, and then the water came up the edge of the toilet. Ah. And then I thought, where it came I from. know what I need to do. I need to put some stuff on top of the water to force the water to go down. <laughs> so I put all <laughs> of the toilet roll in oh, no. and tried to flush <laughs> it down. And I must have flushed that handle like a hundred times and it was the middle of the night. And then my mum eventually woke up because, you know, the toilet's being flushed repeatedly. She's like, is, is he okay? Is he just watching the water go around? And she got out of bed and her feet were under two inches of water. I would love it if you or mum um, walked in and you were just sat there flushing the toilet and you was, well, she asked you what you was doing. And was just like, I'm trying to get to Australia. Well, here's, <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing. Like, as a, a direct sort of result of that, um, I, uh, you know, obviously I, I, I struggled after that with toilets. I became very fearful. But we were under two inches of water for a number of days. And the wow. reason for this is because there was a little lip on the way out of our flat that was two inches high. Okay. So anything above that just went out the door yeah. under the draft excluder. <laughs> um, you Retro. Know, and, you know, that got swept up by whoever. Um, but all of our plumbing, because this was a this was a Thatcher building, so they did it reasonably cheap. Mm, Maggie Thatcher building. Most of them are bring back the milk. Um, uh, most of them are built as uh, as they say, like um, brick crap houses. Uh, but uh, but honestly, um, this one was built like that. But what they've done is they concreted in the plumbing. Oh. So there was no way to unblock it. The only way to unblock it was to sit there. Well, no, you had to plunge it. You had to plunge it. So all of this toilet paper that I have forced quite a way down the toilet had to come back up. (sighs) Oh, but it all skanky and brown and... Well, no, three days later it was. Yeah, it was grim. Oh, but it stank. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, my mum said to the council, well, this isn't really my fault. Like, my son's done this. Yes, okay, I appreciate it's his fault. But at the same time, he's three. Like, you know, he didn't know any better. And if you have put the plumbing inside some concrete rather than under some floorboards that's on that's on you (laughs) the way you've built the building and uh, we were we were housed for a week in a b&b and they sorted it out but we actually in in addition to blocking our toilet but we were on the 11th floor we also blocked up all the waterworks for the 12th 13th and 14th floor (laughs) wow oh i bet they weren't happy no, no, they all had to be... Um, Evacuated. Tempor- yeah, temporarily housed. Tempor- <laughs> temporary housing. Poor buggers. Um, Poor buggers. Yeah, that's the, that's the story behind why I haven't had a swirly. That's the story behind it, because my mum told me off, and ever since that, I, I was terrified. I couldn't use them. How long did it take you to use the toilet again? Um, I went back to the potty for about two years, I think. So you stayed on it for four? Five. Five, oh, yeah. wow. Because it was just terrifying. No, actually, no, I was using the toilet again by the age of four because we moved into uh, a house about that point. Mm. Um, and I remember I remember using I remember using it in there. But when I went to uh, France, 
and the water pressure in mid-France is a lot higher. It's about six bar, um, as opposed to one and a half around here. I don't here. know what that means. It's, um, it's a, a record of pressure. So it's basically oh, it's right, four yeah, times yeah, more. So when I you, should know that. I'm a scuba diver. So, so when you flush... Yes, I am a scuba water... diver as well. You can't see. That's oh, amazing. Yeah, that's I forgot decent. about saying that. Yeah. Um, so when the water flush in, in this country, you know, the water comes up about two inches and then drops back down. In France, it comes all the way up until two inches from the top. That would freak me every out. Every time. That would freak me out. Every time. No, no, I couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah, so obviously I went to France uh, and I went and uh, j'habite dans un petit ville, le nom est Buer. Uh, I lived there for about six months and um, I was <laughs> just about ready to poo my pants, if I'm honest. I didn't ever want to <laughs> use the toilet. <laughs> but I was 15 and I kind of got over it a bit by yeah. that point. But even now, like, you know... You I'll... do freak out. It's just, it's, it's, it's quite comical because, like, the other day, it was just like, I'm not going to be on there to move the bleach. Can you do it, please? <laughs> it's like, bleach for crying out loud. It's probably really the most cleanest thing you'll ever hold behind the toilet. Yeah, but it's just the fact it's behind the toilet. That's weird. Right? Yeah. It's very weird. I just can't, I can't... Because I love it, but it's weird. I have to have my eyes 